Okay, ramblers, let's get rambling. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! I'm Trevor. I'm Lauren. I'm Leo. Wow. Lauren, a.k.a. Kathleen Turner. <laughs> or Janis Joplin. <laughs> or Pazuzu. And, and we're the Boo Crew. Unfortunately, Austin, Rachel, and Tim could not join us today. They're on a secret Boo Crew mission. Welcome to episode 52. Here's a Boo Crew fright fact. Shot in black and white, they didn't have to worry about what color to make any of the fake blood and gore in 1968's Night of the Living Dead. The crew would just take the hamburgers they were serving for lunch that day and pour chocolate syrup on them. Gross. Yeah. This week we're joined by horror personality, actress, host, and creator Leanna Vamp. She talks to us about building her own brand fueled by her passion for the genre, from her beginnings in cosplay to her spooky children's show, podcast, photo shoots, and convention appearances. And it's a new segment we call Local Haunts. We're talking with South Pasadena gallery owner and curator Sarah Rose Orlandini. If you're listening to this at time of release, she's got some amazing horror events coming up. This art space has a very unique place in Halloween. Movie lore. Whether you're local to the LA area or not, it's a fascinating story. But first, we have a date with the undead. Hey, fiends, it's Leanna Vamp, and you're sinking your teeth into another horrifying episode of The Boo Crew. The Boo Crew dusts a fright flick off the shelf for horror homework. To coincide with our chat with Leanna Vamp, what better thing to discuss? Then our favorite vampire movies, everybody. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to go first? Kathleen Turner? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Seriously. Well, to get you over with is, you know, your voice is dying. Can't you call me Ariel? Like the kids, they were calling me Ariel. That's cute, Ariel. Okay. Okay. Ariel will go first. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I picked 1992's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Here occurred the frightening and shocking history of Prince Dracula. And the woman he loved. Did ah. anybody else pick that? No. Okay. And Good choice. It, it, thank you. It was based on Bram Stoker's classic 1897 novel directed by Francis Ford Coppola. The screenplay was written by James V. Hart, stars Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, and Keanu Reeves. And the story is about the Count. Gary Oldman, who reigns from good old Transylvania, and he is seeking his lost love, who's Winona Ryder, and is leaving his mark on Britain. It got lots of Oscar nominations for art direction, and it won for makeup. It also won for costume design and sound effects editing, which are all things I loved about this movie. The costumes were just gorgeous, and the makeup was amazing, and it's just a fun, like, classic vampire movie have you guys seen it yeah i haven't seen when we first started dating i remember you'd put it on every once in a while we'd only get through parts of it yeah you know and do other stuff but <laughs> vampire makeout session and that's how babies are made <laughs> guys i've only got like a limited time on this no it's great it's good the end more a fun fact or two yes so anyways leo have you seen this movie yeah i loved it isn't it so fun? Yeah, just, Gary Oldman's the best. Yes, he plays a really creepy Dracula, mm -hmm. and there's just like lots of details that you need to notice, like shadowing, and it's just awesome. 
Let's see. Here's a fun fact. They filmed the entire ceremony with a genuine Orthodox minister and realized afterwards that Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves were actually married. What do you mean? They they actually married them on yes. set without knowing it? Yes. Which is crazy. <laughs> no, Why is that? Just because they use an actual minister, so it's set in stone now? Yeah. Do they have to get a divorce? I don't know. <laughs> They're probably not married anymore. <laughs> uh, when Mina, who was played by Winona Ryder, recalls her previous life as Elisabetta, she says she remembers a land beyond a great forest, which is the literal meaning of Transylvania. They used red jelly for blood. Prince Vlad's scream after he drives his sword into the cross is not the voice of Gary Oldman. It's Lux Interior, lead singer of the punk band The Cramps. And they recorded the scream and it was dubbed in. The scene of Lucy, played by Sadie Frost, getting back into her coffin in the underground crypt was shot in reverse to give an eerie quality, which I realized, like, that's what Scarlett's doing on TikTok. Oh, yeah, she was doing that yeah. thing. It looked all weird. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and Francis Ford Coppola and the special effects team consulted with a professional magician to achieve the effect of Dracula's brides rising up from the bed. I gotta go back and revisit that. Yeah, you do. you is the distraction. Yeah, because we don't need any more fucking gifts. <laughs> and on that note, Leo, what'd you see? Oh, you're so cool, Trevor. <laughs> come, on, come on, come what on. What is that? Is that a quote from yeah, the movie? Yeah, 1985. 1985. Lost Boys? Fright Night. Oh, oh yes. You're so cool, Bruce. Oh, that's right. Fright Night. If you love being scared, this could be the night of your life. Written and directed by Tom Holland. Stars Chris Randon as Jerry Dandridge, the vampire. William Ragsdale as Charlie Brewster. Amanda Beers, remember her? She was in Married with Children. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah was yeah, she yeah, Marcy yeah. Darcy? Yes. That's right. <laughs> she was. So seeing her in, in this younger role was just a fucking blast. And of course, Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent, the character that's very much like Vincent Price in the movie, The Vampire Slayer, the guy who hosts the late night TV horror show. And of course, Stephen Jeffries in the most comical vampire you know, character ever, Evil Ed. So yeah, this movie... It came out at the perfect time. 1985 was the Pepsi generation, the MTV generation. Before, we'd seen all the classic stuff. And then, of course, you know, later, and then we get to Bram Stoker's, of course. But this one was like set in the 80s, so it had that whole sense of, hey, teenagers, you know, sex, rock and roll, all that stuff going on. In this movie, you have a teenager who discovered that the newcomer in his neighborhood is a vampire. So he turns to an actor, played by Peter Vincent on television, of a horror show for helping dealing with the undead. As the movie unfolds, you get to see, like, you know, all those tropes with the vampires. A vampire cannot enter your house unless they're invited in so who invites the vampire in his mom nice why because he charms his way into the house and the whole thing with like a vampire cannot touch a crucifix because he'll like get burned and die you know nope he grabs one and he says you don't have faith so it's really cool you see all these things from vampire lore crucifixes and holy water and and it's like you get to see this guy basically turning people left and right into vampires so it's really cool it's part comedy and it's part terror because you know, there are some scary scenes in this movie i remember watching it when i was a young kid watching this movie and being part of it was scary and part of it was just goofy it was a fun ride it's a movie i highly recommend if you have not seen it and if you have i recommend you go back and revisit it because it's just it's just so much fun just a couple of fun facts about the movie much of the 9.5 million dollar budget was spent on special effects for the vampire film at that time that was the first movie 
ever to spend a million dollars or more for vampire effects. It was the most successful horror movie of 1985, and that was right behind, you guessed it, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Oh! Wow. Lauren's favorite. Yay! <laughs> so if you've not seen it, check it out. Tom Holland wrote it, directed Fright Night 1985. And that, that was the vampire was played by Chris Sarandon, yes. correct? And he was the voice of Jack Skellington in Nightmare Before That's right. Christmas. That's right. Yeah. Singing voice, Danny Elfman, Danny Elfman but Elfman, the speaking yeah. voice is Chris Sarandon. Yeah. That and really it, confuses my kids. That, that confuses way. me. And crazy enough, he had to wear these like finger extensions. So like the whole movie, you see his fingers are like, you know, 12 inches long, really freaky. He had to wear those things and he has like these crazy stories that it's like, he couldn't go to the bathroom. Like he couldn't get a zipper down or nothing. You know, like, poor, that guy's crazy. <laughs> all right. Well, leaves it to me. My favorite vampire film of all time. See if you can guess what it is. Lauren's looking at the screen so she knows what it is. Leo, well, what do you I think? I would have known anyways because I'm your fucking wife. <laughs> That'd be from dusk till dawn. That's right, motherfucker. Yes. Welcome to slavery. No, thanks. I already had a wife. From dusk till dawn. From dusk till dawn. Came out January 19th, 1996. Directed by Robert Rodriguez. Screenplay by Quentin Tarantino. Stars George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Harvey Keitel, Selma Hayek, and Juliette Lewis, among... Tons of other amazing people, including Cheech Marin. Spawned two direct-to-video prequels in a TV show lasting three seasons. Tells the story of two brothers who are criminal fugitives on the run who kidnap a family to cross the Mexican border and accidentally end up at a bar called the Titty Twister that yes. ends up being a vampire den. Yes. <laughs> oh, my surprise. A marvelous schizophrenic movie. I, I had no idea <laughs> what to expect when I saw it. I saw it by accident. I bought a ticket to a movie and ended up going into the wrong theater. <laughs> I hadn't seen a trailer or anything, so I had no idea what I was seeing or what I was in for. I had seen Pulp Fiction, though, sometime before that, and I loved it. And this movie, right off the bat, had that same kind of dialogue. It kept you engaged instantly, and boom, there's Quentin Tarantino himself, and I'm just like, I'm in. This is like a gangster movie. Then halfway through, all of a sudden, it flips into the most insane practical effects laid in vampire film you've ever seen. The gore brings to mind films like Evil Dead 2, Tom Savini's there, oh my gosh, it's incredible, the vampires look fantastic. This is the first script Quentin Tarantino was paid to write. Robert Kurtzman of the world-famous K&B Effects had this story idea and gave Quentin $1,500 to write the screenplay. And in return, Kurtzman did the ear-slicing scene in Reservoir Dogs for free. Oh, nice. Huh? Couple fun facts. Selma Hayek didn't have a choreographer for the infamous snake dance scene. Rodriguez simply told her to improvise her dance to the music. Oh, wow. And then when she tells Clooney that she's about to enslave him in her role as Satanico Pandemonium, George Clooney improvised the line, no thanks, I already have a wife. (laughs) Savini played a character in the film called Sex Machine who has this incredible crotch cannon and the same crotch cannon is seen in the Mariachi's guitar case in Rodriguez's Desperado. Continuing the shared universe, the cinematic universe that both Rodriguez and Tarantino do in their films, there's a character, the Texas Ranger, Earl McGraw, is not only in this film but plays the same role in Kill Bill, Death Proof, and Planet Terror. Oh, right, right. And finally, this film has a body count of about 122. Oh, damn. Pretty impressive. Oh, that's dense. <laughs> From dust till dawn. If you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Thank you. Okay. I'd like to give an honorable mention to uh, Disney Channel's My Mom's Dating a Vampire. <laughs> 
Did you watch that? Because I used to love that when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen it. I showed it to our kids. They had no interest in it. My really? My mom's yeah. dating a vampire? Yeah. Who's in that? The lady from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Which one? one? Of the aunts. Oh, okay. And she's dating a guy and the kids are like, he's a vampire. And she's like, what? What? No, he's not. But he is. Dude, but runner up for me though, kid vampires. I talked about it before earlier episode. Let the right one in. Oh, you love that one. Yes. Dude, you got kids. Well, one well, one kid. You have Ellie playing the vampire. Coming of age story. Very well done. And it's got a fucking shocking as hell ending. Yeah. Are you talking about the original or the... Original, the re- yeah. Okay. The remake with um, Chloe Grace Moretz. It's called Let Me In. It's great. And I think it's Richard Jenkins, I think, is in it too. It's a really great remake. But the original, it's where it's at. The last, like, 10 minutes will shock you. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare, huh? Haunted attractions, conventions, and experiences. Cuts to the front of the line with local haunts. There is an art and event space that is a real treasure here in the L.A. horror scene. It is the Sugar Mint Gallery in Pasadena. If you are listening to this at time of release, they are kicking off their Summer of Horror this Friday. Here to tell us all about it is curator, owner, and great friend of the show, the amazing Sarah Rose Orlandini. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> that was really good. One thing, it is South Pasadena. Everyone does that, but I'm telling you, it, they're two different cities. There's South Pasadena, California. Go to yep. 810 Meridian Pasadena, and they're going to go, what's that? <laughs> I'm always like, well, that's the big trivia question is, was Halloween filmed in Pasadena, California? It's true or false? False. False. Yeah. It was yeah. filmed really? in South Pass. I yeah. love it. It's the best trivia question when we did that. And everyone says it. They'll go, they're like, true. And even my sister goes, true. I go, <laughs> oh, false. That's specific, really. Because it's a whole different city. It is not a part of Pasadena. Like, it's not yeah. like just the southern part of Pasadena. Right. It is the city of South Pasadena, California. Yeah. Like, that's our zip code. I did not know that. Yeah. Home of the Michael Myers house. Like, God, we're going to do a whole spoof on it. Like, That's it's actually crazy. South Pasadena, not Pasadena, because we're in a different city. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, we yeah, it's are like an SNL. Cool. Uh, we are too cool for school. Wow. Okay, well, for Anyways. those those who may not know, tell us a bit about the history of Sugar Mint, including its place in horror iconography well sugar mint gallery my gallery is located behind the michael myers house from the 1978 film halloween every year since we opened in 2015 we've done a huge halloween show called welcome to haddonfield which is my little spoof saying welcome to south pasadena because <laughs> we are the filming location right on my street right outside the gallery is you see the scenes of where the, you know, the Michael Myers house used to be across the street. We are the history. There was the scene from where Michael breaks into the hardware store is right across the street from me. You can see the sidewalk. Like there's just history everywhere. Walking distance. All these scenes from this amazing and important movie, as well as the second movie, too, was also filmed on my street. And if you're like a Halloween fan... You come to my gallery, you come to Sugarman, and you will be beyond happy. I yeah. it's Halloween yeah. all the time. And not too far away, just a few blocks away is Lori Strode's house. And Lori yes. Strode's house is by the library. And yeah. a lot of what I really respected about Rob Zombies, the beginning of Rob Zombies films, 
It's all filmed in South Pass. Unlike the new Halloween, all that Halloween was filmed in South Pass. That's crazy. I was like, oh my God, look, there's the, like he used the original Laurie Strode. Like there was just all this. It's really cool. So to be in this city that's, you know, it always looks like Halloween. And that's why I've lived there personally like lived in South Pass down the street from the gallery for over 10 years now before the gallery even existed I would just go on walks and walk by the Myers house and just being like oh my god this is so amazing not to know that like a few years later I'd be having a gigantic Halloween show we are the first business in South Pass that's ever acknowledged or done anything to this magnitude and like made people realize that Halloween is not a small deal like they try to ignore it in South Pass you know like for years and so me coming in there and like I'm super proud that I was able to I'm able to bring this city like the people who come to this city this amazing adorable little city bring michael and the importance of that movie it's just really neat because no one does it i get to do it so i'm the first (laughs) (laughs) i like to be the first (laughs) so was the gallery did it always have that horror centric spark to it so that's what's so amazing when we opened if it wasn't for my dad this place wouldn't exist i'd give him mad he's an amazing father but he also likes to do i have this great idea you know and he like got the place and said okay sarah like do your art and i was a makeup artist for like 10 years here's a studio for your makeup and your sister can do photography and you can fill it with your art and stuff and now like you know he gets the place and then he's like fill it and i'm sitting there going what the I don't know what to do. (laughs) And so I knew someone, she helped me start like the first show where we're turning into a gallery and it wasn't me. It was just like all this like LA West side art that just doesn't make me happy. But I was like, okay, let's just go with it. But I talk about Halloween all the time, all the time. Like, it's like, well, so somebody came in and was like, oh, what's your plan for the shows? Like, what are you planning on doing? And I just said, Well, I don't know, but all I know is in October, I'm going to do something related to Halloween because that's the Michael Myers house. And I just push my thumb right behind me because it's right out the window. Like you see it from the inside of my place. And he trips out, which I'm used to people tripping out like what? And he's like, I know the producer. And he got me a meeting with Malik Akkad like two weeks later. And then Malik introduced me to Kim Gottlieb Walker, the photographer who shot all the behind the scenes from Halloween one and two. October of 2015 was my first exhibit showing these behind the scenes photos and I still at that time I listened to what other people said and they told me like Halloween stuff oh you know dark art doesn't sell and I wasn't happy I hated being there and I was like didn't understand what was happening and then I realized it and so I was like in Hawaii and I'm like all right like you know god universe like if things don't change after Halloween like January I'm done all of a sudden I get hit up by some this guy who built a replica of the Myers house in like on the east coast in North Carolina oh yeah he was like hey I want to do a screening an official screening he reached out to the people and got so we did an official screening of Halloween and I was like there's the sign right there that like somebody like right as I said it I get a text message from this guy I've never talked to but I know he built my house I call it my house because it's gonna be my house and <laughs> it's next door and no one else appreciates it right. like me <laughs> so the cool thing is you get to watch the movie Halloween right outside the Myers yeah. house yeah so it's right in the backyard so we do movie screenings we have this big open yard that we're like remodeling we're gonna make it so 
super dope. And I have a screen I mount and you get to sit down and watch Halloween while looking up at the Michael Myers house. You can't do That's that. crazy. Anywhere. <laughs> right. It's amazing. It's a very like unique experience. And if you are a Halloween freak like I am, just sitting there and looking at it, you're just like, it's like chills, you know? It's yeah. really magical. You got a lot of stuff coming up. It kicks off the summer of horror is what you're calling it, mm-hmm. kicking off this Friday. So tell us what's going on this Friday and some of the great stuff that's planned for the rest of the summer. This is amazing stuff. We have backyard movie nights is what I call them. Yes. It's not front yard. It's in the back. So right. it's backyard movie <laughs> nights. It just felt like a good name. And then this year I'm doing the summer of horror so we're starting it off with sleepaway camp this Friday which I chose Friday because Friday is the actual first day of summer so I was like that's better than Saturday (laughs) you know it's it's pretty cool so we're doing sleepaway camp starts at 8 o'clock and like or just when the sun goes down pretty much so that's this Friday and then on the 29th so the following Saturday the 29th we're gonna do a hocus pocus screening followed by a Q&A with the production designer from hocus pocus his name's William Sandell. We have a huge Hocus Pocus exhibit right now, and I have all this memorabilia from the movie that was Bill's. So Bill, like, lent me. He and I are really close friends, so we have, like, original drawings from the movie, the concept drawings. We have prints of the original concept drawings for sale, but we also have the original drawings on display and, like, photos of Bette Midler becoming her character. Like, things that are, like, you know, that's another... It's, like, chills. Like, you're just like, oh, my God, look at all this. Like, the house being built, and this is the guy who went to Salem and saw like the Denison's house right looked at the house says I want to shoot in that house went over knocked on the door and like said can we film in your house and that's the house that we all love with the little tower thing on the top yeah you know and it's like the Q&A is going to be really cool because he can tell us stories like that and I'm going to be the MC so it's going to be a a real casual discussion with me and my buddy Bill (laughs) that's so great (laughs) and then we have Terror Market I'm working now with my like two most favorite us people Selena and Ryan of Little Shop Agora they're hosting it and we're working on it together and so it's a little pop-up vendor event like a horror vendor event yeah it's really cool. That's cool so it's in our backyard so it's like 10 vendors and it's july 13th and 14th it's like a free event and so we're starting that up we did coven weekend a couple weeks ago and it was insane turnout like food trucks we had like rad coffee hellflower soap like all these people that you see when you go to those horror conventions right. and then some like terror market we're having love and stitches i think that's great oh, yeah. you know like just like yeah. fun like a lot of people are coming it's just fun it's like my own little convention like in my place it's yeah, just right. it's Love really it. wild they're building <laughs> sets and stuff so we have like the terror market on july 13th and 14th as well as august 17th and 18th and then we have our welcome to haddonfield exhibit our fifth year welcome to haddonfield five on yes. september 7th Festival of Frights is another pop-up on October 12th. Wow. Yeah, with Little Shop of Gore. Then, <laughs> on November 9th, we're opening our Harry Potter exhibit. Yeah. Cool. Name so TBA, it. but I'm kind of going with like, I don't know, like you're a wizard, Harry, or just like you're a wizard, something like that. You <laughs> nice. Know? Is this a first Potter first exhibit time. that you guys done there? Somebody was like, well, why don't you do Harry Potter? And I'm like, it has to be perfect and it has to be in November because that's when the movie's yeah. on. Yeah. You know? That's right. Yeah. And oh, you're July. a hardcore Potter, Potterhead like us. <laughs> huge. I got my little Deathly Hollows mini tattoo. Oh, nice. Uh, like people are like, oh, Harry Potter's back. I'm like, Harry Potter never went away. <laughs> and then we're going to have oh this is a great name for it on december 7th we're having another pop-up with them 
called Nocturne Alley. Oh! Nice. I'm so pumped on that name. <laughs> Nocturne Alley. So those are kind of like our really cool events. I know that I'm just telling all of them, but you can visit sugarmint.com and they have all of our events and everything that we're having. But for the summer, it's the terror markets. I'm, and I'm doing more movies in July and August. I'm trying to figure out which films to play, but you know, I'm you going play through. Shaun on the Dead. That's Shaun what the I'm Dead saying. Would be so good. Yeah. Awesome. If you would actually come. I know. I gotta get a star. <laughs> no, I would totally play that though. I just, I love that movie so much. So good. So good. Anyone listening knows that Lauren right now sounds like Kathleen Turner. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> See? No, that was Jessica Reagan. Rabbit just Jessica told me to Rabbit. fuck off. That was Reagan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck you. <laughs> Are you working with Vanessa Decker right now? Does she have a space inside the gallery? Or Vixen. Yes. Or Vixen. Yeah. We Love, love my new tenant. Yeah. So what is, what is she doing there? She does microblading, eyebrow tattooing. Oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Everybody knows what that is. And I'm just like, you know, it's like eyebrow tattooing. I don't know. My eyebrows are perfect. (laughs) Yeah, so it's great, man. You should see her room. It's like very haunted mansion. That's awesome. She's a great person. I'm so happy that she's in our space and she's doing, it's her own separate business. So she's there like we don't see each other as much right right it's really great to have her she's such a sweetheart that's so cool it's <laughs> great to see that sugarman is really like becoming this hub of the scene yeah you know it's, it's really cool because it's like i even have another tenant who does eyelash extensions and she she's not like like me or like you know vanessa where it's like a horror freak yeah but she loves halloween and loves events and now i have her who like she's one of my tenants but she's also like creating we are doing have a lot of plans for halloween time let's just say that nice it's all work in progress but it's happening (laughs) yeah well thank you very much sarah for joining us sugarmint.com that's mint with a y.com for all the info you need and 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 go check it out instagram there you go sugarmint gallery And it's in South Pasadena, not Pasadena. (laughs) South Pasadena! (laughs) I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio is an actress, author, cosplayer, blogger, ghost hunter, businesswoman, model, producer, beekeeper, craft maker, podcaster, voiceover artist, influencer, singer, spooktacular chef, and all-around pop culture phenom who has taken the world by storm recently. The horror genre runs thick through the veins of all that she does, and she does a lot. And she does it with an unduplicatable charm and flair for the macabre. From starring in her own paranormal reality TV series Ghosted for Eli Roth and Jason Blum, Crypt TV, creating and hosting the online children's series Best Fiends Forever with her posse of creepy puppets as they share everything from songs and adventures to craft ideas and recipes. She even gave the fiends their own children's book. She's been a judge on the Food Network's Halloween Wars, taking charge of events for AMC, a TV series on sci-fi, starred in films, horror video games. Her new podcast, Let's Get 
spooky multiple convention appearances and scores of the most famous cosplay photo shoots literally of all time. She's the ghoul of your dreams and your best nightmare, Leanna Vamp, everybody. Guys, you make me sound really cool. You You don't have to sound cool. You just are cool. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here. So let's go back about 800 years when you were a young (laughs) vampire bat. Yes. Yes, I love this. I love where this is going. Continue. What was your first experience with the horror genre? So for me, I've always been a Halloween kid. Halloween is my favorite holiday. I lived for it. Some may have thought that was very weird and creepy, but to me, it was completely normal. So I would say from like a wee little lad, it was just something that I loved. And I found a way in my life to make it part of my life, a huge part of my life. Was there any particular (laughs) films that you remember seeing for the first time? So my very first horror film, I talk about this all the time because I was eight years old and I was way too young. I watched The Exorcist. Oh, man. That's way too young to watch The Exorcist. Exact same age. That's when I watched it. And it was way too young, right? Yeah. I mean, it gave me nightmares forever. Yeah. Someone should have said, no, you cannot watch. Well, someone did say no, but I did it anyway. (laughs) I went to my friend's house and we watched it and her parents weren't there. It was such a creepy, terrifying experience. I don't think I slept the entire night. So it was um, at my friend's house in Sierra Madre. And if you've been to Sierra Madre, it's very much like up in the hills. Very creepy. It's like the beginning of a horror movie. And it was a time where people don't have screens on their windows. You left the front door open Like we trusted humanity And you know Everything was fine Kids could go out and play So they had the front door open All the windows were open She falls asleep And I'm sitting on the couch Like bug-eyed The entire time (laughs) Terrified But the next morning I woke up And I was like What are we watching tonight? What are we watching next? So I knew that was the instant that I knew that this is my jam. Like, I'm scared, but it's my jam. What's scary about that movie, though? What was it? Possession. Possession. (laughs) You understood what was going on. Oh, I knew what was going on. Yeah. My um, mom was raised Catholic, so we knew about you don't mess with the Ouija board and demons and spirits. The fear of God was put in us very young. And I wasn't raised Catholic, but my mom was. So I had the history and I knew all about that stuff. And I was terrified of being possessed. And then I watched The Exorcist and I was like, well, my life is over. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I can still barely watch The Exorcist. It holds up, it right? It holds up, yeah, it, it does. Totally well, anything up. to do with possession, that's kind of where I draw, like, I love horror movies. I have a hard time watching stuff Same. about possession. Same. Think about it. That movie's, what, 40-something years old? And still to this day, they can't even reshoot those scenes from that movie in any kind of remake because it's so controversial. The reason that I'm afraid of it is I believe in it, and I believe that that's something that could happen, and growing up stories from my mom and my grandmother and one of my friends and I'd never had an experience personally or knew anyone that was possessed or had an that was close enough to those experiences but hearing enough about it knowing and believing in it I was like I don't want to really open myself up to any of that so I'm like super anti Ouija board I love them I think they're beautiful we own tons of them but I refuse to play with one I hear you Um, but but you own them I own them and I think they're really cool and my husband and I and some friends were having this conversation like a couple days ago and a friend of ours was saying well you know it could be anything on Ghosted we were one of the executive producers he's like it could be a Ouija banana it could be a Ouija cell phone it doesn't matter what it is it's the item you give power so it's really just a mental thing for me if I take the power away from it it's nothing it's a board and an object you're moving around but I have been terrified my entire life and I've in my head it has this power over me so I'm like oh, I don't I don't want to go there 
So where do you keep them? They're everywhere. Wow. <laughs> like nail them on the walls and stuff? They're kinda just like... like on the bookshelf. That's cool. Or, and I, I dust them. I pick them up. I'm like, oh, you're dirty. Let me clean you. And then I put it back. Where's the coolest one that you've gotten that you just love? Um, so we have like the old board game ones. Like Cameron's found them on eBay. Yeah. And I have one like right. Our DVDs are stacked right next to it. The Parker and Brothers. The uh, Parker Brothers. Yeah. yeah. And I've taken them out. And I'm like, he's like, let's just play. And I'm like, you can. <laughs> have fun getting possessed. <laughs> have any of your friends had an experience with them or they, they were freaked out or anything? Um, I have a lot of friends that are just, they, I don't think they believe in it the way that I believe in it. And they're like, oh, it's just a game. It's fun. And I guess if you go into it saying that it's just a game, it's fun. Then that's all it is to you. But in my mind, I'm going into it. If I touch this thing, I'm going to get possessed. So that's probably what would happen to me. So I'm good. Yeah. I'm well, not going to do it. The Vatican, didn't they hire a bunch of priests? Because of the, there's more exorcisms that need to be done. Yeah, there was like a shortage of priests to handle all the exorcisms. It was, was it Italy or something like that? Yes. Leo's yes. abuse. The church definitely believes in them actively. Right. Yeah. Right. To me, that's that's enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's well, enough. Did you guys see the the movie uh, Veronica? Yes, he did. I did not. Yes, it's he did such either. a great movie, and that's like a perfect example of it's not necessarily like they have the board, but it's just like a glass that they put on it. Right. So it's not. It doesn't have to be a planchette. It doesn't have to be right. like an actual Ouija board it could be yeah. anything have you took a deep dive into the real case i did actually i looked up so much uh, stuff about it i can't remember her name uh, stefania something uh but yeah, yeah i don't that's, remember her last name that's the first time in uh spanish law enforcement history where a case was documented as paranormal actually documented like in the police report any other time it's never really written down and the detective was did an interview and he was like oh yeah i mean i saw some stuff that i can't explain and they put it in the report, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, so it's a really dark story. Yeah. There's that one movie. It's come up a couple times on this show that we've talked about. Leo's watched it. I refuse to watch it. You probably you would refuse to watch it, too, I think. L- Lauren, you wouldn't watch it either, right? Hell no. Is that Demon House documentary? Oh, we watched it. You guys watched it with the warning at the beginning. That Didn't we watch that? It's a Zach Baggins. Oh, we, to- we totally Zach watched Baggins. it. Zach There's a warning at the beginning that says that you might, that it's cursed, right? I you watched, watched it. it. You could do it? Yeah, I don't think it was that scary. Really? I think you could totally watch it. I watched scarier things. Oh, my God. But, you know, the part that scared me was when we get to the boy in the hospital. Yeah. And there's like an actual police witness, a doctor witness nurse witness and two social workers who witnessed that boy walking backwards up the wall. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I'm still kind of a skeptic. So I believe in all of this stuff, but I have a hard time unless there's like documented evidence of actually seeing it because it's kind of like that power of suggestion, right? If enough people say something or word things in a certain way, you can be like, oh, you know, I could believe that or I could see that. So for me, a lot of the times when it's just people telling a story, I'm like, I want to believe you. But unless you've had the personal experience yourself, there's always that little bit of like, well, did that really happen? Are you over exaggerating? I watch everything with like open ears and an open mind, but there's always that little bit of me. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I believe it. Well, speaking of that, you did have one. It appeared to be a very transformative experience on Ghosted on the episode when you were at the old Charleston jail in South Carolina. yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what you saw? Going into that show, my biggest fear was kind of, are we going to film this whole thing and not get anything? I want people to watch it and I want people to be entertained and I want people to like experience something really epic with me. And so we're getting towards the end of filming and we had little things happening, but a lot of this stuff was like an EVP or something that it's not 100% solid. Anyone can interpret a sound and say, oh, that said 
cell phone or that said Coca-Cola, but to someone else's ear, it could be something different. So a lot of the experiences were like personal feelings. And I can tell you all day that I felt something, but you can't feel what I felt. I can explain it to you. So we were in the old Charleston jail, super haunted. We had been there all day. And during the day we would film and we would get kind of like the history, the ghost history. And then at night we would do the ghost hunting. So it was day, normal day as usual. We did the tour. We're getting ready to go ghost hunt. And Cameron and I go up to the third floor and we're going to take photos, social media photos. And he's like, there's this creepy old wheelchair. We'll go and take photos. So he does the typical Instagram husband thing. He takes the photo. (laughs) He turns the phone around. Like, is this okay? Do you like this? And I kind of go towards him as if I'm going to check. And then I walk past him and I said, I need to go. And he's like, what What do you mean? Where are you going to go? We're filming a show. You can't leave, you know? And so I walk down. I'm like leaving, going down the stairs. And immediately I feel like something's pressing on my chest. I can't breathe. I start crying like uncontrollably. I'm terrified. I didn't know what was going on. And I think the thing that scared me the most is I was not in control. The entire time we'd been filming for six weeks, I'm in control. I know what's going on. I have power over everything, every decision that I make. At that moment, I had no power. There was something that came through me and I felt all of those emotions at once. And one of the executive producers was there and I'm like hysterical. The cameras are all downstairs. So the second I get to the bottom of the stairs, it's like someone snaps their fingers and it all goes away. And they're trying to ask me like, what's going on? And I can't explain it. I'm like, I was crying. I was scared, but now I'm fine. This is really embarrassing. So I'm explaining this to the EP and he's basically saying, do you know what an empath is? Well, I know what that is. And he's like, well, that's what you are. And that immediately I'm like, what the hell? I don't know if I want to be that. Something came through me and I felt all of the emotions of that being that person, man or woman. I don't know what it was all at once. And it scared the shit out of me. But that experience was like a life altering experience for me because there was so much in my life leading up to that that I understood. There was emotions that I would get and I would get really mad for no reason. But Cameron was in the other room and something made him really mad. And I feel that energy. So I'm definitely very sensitive to energies. And I just didn't have that one defining moment that made me realize what it was. And I had it there, which was pretty amazing, very terrifying, but I'm very grateful for it. It's crazy. <laughs> Trevor, you're looking at me wow. like bug-eyed. <laughs> have, you, have you had anything happen to that level since? Nothing that scared me. I've had a lot of things where I'll wake up in the morning or I'll be doing something and I just get like a weird pit in my stomach, like something's wrong. When that happens, I'll picture a person. And there's been a lot of times where I'll just text my friend and I'll say, hey, I was just thinking of you, hoping everything's okay. And they'll respond like, how did you know? And then it usually is something happened to them and it's never anything serious. It's just something that they're going through. And for some reason, I just feel it. It's weird. Are you still doing that show actively for them? Are you still going and doing the whole thing? And I would love to do more of it. We did one season. It was for Verizon Go 90. And since then, Verizon Go 90 is lo- no longer. So we're hoping that we can uh, do it with someone else because it was a great show to be a part of. And the one really cool thing is there's really no ghost hunting travel shows that don't just appeal to the paranormal. If you're into ghost hunting, you'll watch a ghost hunting show. But our show was we're going to go to a new location. We're going to meet the people. We're going to try the food and then we're going to ghost hunt. So no matter what you're really into, there's something for you in that show. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool the way it's done, too. And it's got like a live social media right. feed yeah. that's scrolling up yeah. while you're walking around. You know, don't fall in the water yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was great. It was so cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah it was well super produced. fun. Yeah, they did a, a fantastic job. And it was just 
It was really fun. Like, you don't really see a lot of paranormal shows that are fun. It's right. always like, ooh, it's so spooky, and you're waiting for that one thing to happen, and sometimes nothing really happens. So there was a lot going on in the show, so anyone can watch it and get something out of it. Yeah, it was educational. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed <laughs> tried it. tried to teach you something, yeah. and I love to learn, I love to eat, and I love to ghost hunt. So it was like there a dream come true. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> the trifecta. Right? Yeah, we love that you're a foodie, too. I love food. <laughs> <laughs> what are some spooky places... That you like to eat at, speaking spooky of. Spooky places. Yeah. I don't know about any spooky places. I mean, I like to eat everywhere. Uh, are you talking about like like locations or like restaurants? Well, or? like uh, Lauren and I, there's a haunted old spaghetti factory in Duarte that was in an old schoolhouse that they do. Actually, they do ghost hunts there. Do they really? And we yeah. love going there because it's got pictures of the kids in that very schoolhouse all over the place while you're eating. Yeah. It's very creepy. Very creepy. Super creepy. The, the bathroom is really creepy. Bathrooms are very Has creepy. Has anything ever happened when you guys have been there? I've like heard stuff. Like yeah. I thought people are in the stall next oh, no. to me and then no one's in there and I'm like... <laughs> literally well, the bathrooms to get to them you literally are in the basement you go downstairs there's nobody down there's no kitchen or anything down there you walk down this long flight of stairs and there's two bathrooms and they're the old school bathrooms and you're down there usually completely by yourself isn't there like an elevator like there's I an always, old elevator there yeah, I see. Yeah. old spaghetti i lived yeah. in pasadena when i was a kid i don't think i ever went to that um, it's amazing. And then, yeah. oh my God, the, the principal's office. So the principal's office yeah. has a round table in it, seats maybe six. We've got that table maybe w- one time. So we have a big family of six and we happened to ask for it. And we were there and it was available. And we went in, they said, well, you know what happened in the principal's office, right? We're like, what? And this is, this is where everything went down. The principal hung himself in the principal's office right over yeah. that table. And we're like, oh my God. And now we're going to have spaghetti. Yeah. So, but <laughs> yeah, yeah there's places like That's that. Awesome. So I don't have any like really around here, any haunted places but when we were filming the show everywhere in the south that we went to was haunted yeah so we would eat the food and the people would be like oh yeah you know like the children's ghosts and the old man that lives here and then this and then that and i'm like eating my gumbo (laughs) tell me more but it's it's really cool just because of the history and i think anything that's old with the history there's bad things that happen especially through the south a lot of the places that we went to were like savannah georgia is basically Mm. built on a cemetery so everywhere you go you're walking over dead bodies pretty much everywhere we went was haunted which was fantastic. So I would love to go back through and there was so much that we didn't get the opportunity to see just because we only had such a short amount of time. But the food is amazing. We went to the guy, what was his name? I'm looking at Cameron because I don't know that either of us remember, but he was, it was the best fried chicken in the world. Oh. And I don't know that it was, I mean, he gave himself his own title of the best right. fried chicken in the world. <laughs> but it was the best fried chicken I've ever had. Wow. And it was really good. And the place, I don't necessarily know that that was, that location itself was haunted, but the food was amazing and really that's all that matters <laughs> great chicken we don't always need a ghost <laughs> walk us through the process of developing the vamp persona and character and how you got into cosplaying and that whole trajectory so I think for me the one big difference is it's a lot of people think that it's a persona they think it's like a character that I put on it's a way that I dress but it's just who I am it's not necessarily like I have to put on an outfit and my voice changes and the way that I speak changes it's just my personality all of the time. So I feel like that's really hard for people to understand because they see me a lot of the times and we're out at the grocery store or we're out wherever and they're like, oh, what are you dressed up as? And I'm like, well, this is just my normal outfit. <laughs> this is what I look like every day. And I think people just have a hard time like adjusting to that because they, they don't see people 
where I mean, people wear all black all the time. But for me, it's just it's just who I am. And I feel like I don't know how to be any other way. So it's not necessarily character. It's just me. Right. I think it makes it easier for me because I don't have to turn it on and turn it off. I can just be myself all the time. Do you wear the fangs um, often? Actually, we I used to wear them to Disneyland all the time and it was fun. And there was one specific moment that I remember we were at Disney World. It was hot and it's like a million degrees and we were in line for some sort of food thing as you do when you're at Disney. It was Disney World. <laughs> and there's these little kids in front of me and it was parents and I don't know what they were from some other country and the kids were just being awful. And I had my fangs in my backpack and I was like, you know what? I'm going to teach these little kids a lesson. And so I put the fangs in and the little girl turns around and I just smile. And she was like terrified, but they were so well behaved in that line. I was like, they're afraid of me. She looked at her mom. She's like, vampira, vampira. And the mom's like, be quiet, be quiet. You should offer this service for families. Like, I want the Undercover vampire. I would totally do that you um, need to come over here sometimes right. with my I, kids. I will scare your children for you thank you <laughs> i'll do it for free oh, that's so awesome <laughs> but i was just I, ha- I took them out after and you could tell like they were still afraid of me even though the fangs weren't in but i was like you know what this is fun so i do wear them every now and then it's not something that i do i'm crazy but i'm not that crazy <laughs> all the time it's too crazy <laughs> well, how about getting into cosplaying would you remember the first thing you cosplayed as so the first thing that i cosplayed as it was uh, a chewbacca and they called it my chewbacca wukini it was like a Chewbacca oh, bikini because wow. you know just trying to confuse everybody. Wait, which parts were furry? Um, the, confused. the bikini. It was like a shaved, shaved Chewbacca in a bikini. It was very confusing so to people. They're like, That's I want to like this, but I'm scared of. I don't know why I shouldn't like this. That's the greatest thing ever. Thanks. And it was just for fun. We'd been going. My husband and I would were going to Comic Con. We would shoot videos at Comic Con. Conventions would hire us to come out and basically shoot a video at their con, so you can see. If you couldn't go, you could watch the video and see what you missed out on and I just started dressing up for it because it was fun and I was having a really good time doing it and then it became a thing it was a very weird trippy thing that I kind of fell into what's it like being a woman in the convention scene like are there any obstacles that you have to overcome I would say now not so much at the time like we've been doing this for 13 years now so it's been a long time at the beginning it was the typical fake nerd you can't be a girl and into this kind of stuff I guess I just didn't really care I wasn't doing it for other people. I was doing it for myself and we were having such a good time. So just with anything, you build a thick skin after a while. So at the beginning, when people would say stuff, your feelings get hurt. And then you realize, what do you care what like Billy Bob in Arkansas says on the Internet on that comment? Like, why does that matter? Um, And most of the time for anything, if you're on social media, you see there can be a hundred positive things and one person says one negative thing. And you're like, oh, my God, how could they? You focus on the thing that stands out and it's usually the negative stuff. So once I realized, why am I feeding that? All they want is a reaction. I was like, who cares? I'm doing this because I love it and having a good time. And if Billy Bob has an opinion, he can have it. That's great. Yeah, I don't that's care. Awesome. What goes into making those costumes? You got some pretty elaborate <laughs> looking costumes. Um, blood, sweat, and tears. Usually, I haven't done a lot lately. We've been focusing so much on other stuff. But at the time when I was working on costumes, I was literally like Gollum in the corner, hunched over, bleeding, needles in my fingers, sewing stuff together. So you're literally making those yeah, costumes. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. Wow. And not everything, but when I first started, yeah, because you couldn't. If you said I want a Chewbacca bikini, someone would look at you like you're crazy. Like, what yeah. do you mean you want a what? I don't make that. So yeah, it went from making stuff and then also teaming up with people like artists in the community because if there was something like Freddy Krueger, I wanted a Freddy Claw. I don't know how to work with metal, but I'm going to support someone that does know how to do that and is amazing at it and kind of, you know, share the love. 
Huh. So you go to them, you're like, hey, can you make me that Freddy glove? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, but you, can you make it girly so it's like little claw, like feminine claws? And he was like, yeah, I can do that for you. Then the police come at your door. Well, <laughs> and, and I would have to be careful at conventions because it's actually like metal. Like you could yeah. kill someone with that thing. So I would be very careful. People would be like, try to touch the claw. And I'm like, do not touch the claw. It's very dangerous. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you can geez. hurt yourself. Have you ever thought of starting your own cosplay line? No, you should see the inside of everything. It's not pretty. On the outside, it looks great. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was an interesting part of my life, and it's something that I never thought would be a thing, and I kind of fell into it. And I had a really great time doing it, but it was just a thing that I did, and um, then it kind of took me off to a sidetrack that I didn't have the intention of going to. But I was having so much fun doing it, and then I realized there's so many other things in my life that I want to accomplish, and I have to focus on those things. So cosplay was a part of my life, but not necessarily a strong part anymore. Was there a singular event? in the evolution of your brand that gave you the confidence to put everything you had behind it. I don't think that there was an actual like one particular moment where I was like this is the defining moment. I think that everything has been a building block and I look back and I think back 10 years ago and there's always that moment in your life where you're like I wish I would have done this differently or I wish I would have done that differently but I'm a firm believer and you end up where you're supposed to be in the right time that you're supposed to be there. So every little thing as insignificant as it seems was the step, the right step to take to get you where you are. So there was never one moment that I would say stands out among the rest it was just like you're saying the evolution each little thing led me to where I am now and I wouldn't change any of it years ago you came up with the idea to go after a children and family audience by bringing your brand to the best fiends forever project what was the genesis of that idea Cameron had drawn some Cameron's my husband I don't know if I've said that already but um, he's my husband and he had always wanted to do a puppet show and he drew these little characters like on a napkin or something right or a piece of paper yeah he's had it forever and it was something that we always wanted to do but we weren't necessarily sure that it would be physical puppets. We thought maybe like a graphic novel or a comic. And then we met some people at a convention and they had these puppets. We kind of looked at each other and we're like, these are the people. Like we could do it. We could make puppets and we can make our like a dream a reality. And so we did. Two of our friends that are great friends to this day, we built the puppets. And for us in the horror community, you guys are all part of this. There's not a whole lot that really appeals to kids. For when sure. we were younger, we had like Beetlejuice, we had the Monsters, we had Adam's Family. You're seeing a little bit now with Monster High and stuff like that but it's not necessarily really age appropriate for kids it's not really putting off that message of what we had and we wanted to do something that had a lasting impact so families that love horror like we all do and have kids can say hey I know you love this, but this is actually for you. Kids are watching Halloween and Nightmare on Elm Street and Poltergeist and It and all the newer things that you see coming out, but it's not necessarily really for younger kids. So we really wanted to put something out there that had those family values, was creepy cute, so the kids still liked it, they're still attracted to it, and we call it Frightful Fun for All Ages. So the parents really enjoy it, but it's something the family can enjoy together. Kudos to Cameron. That logo is really awesome. The Fiends logo. Yeah. We're at the horror convention and I see so many people walking around with those hats. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's so fun. It's got the fangs at the end. And I remember I came up to your booth at uh, Midsummer last summer and we were chatting and it's like 40 people were in line to buy your hats. And I'm like, wow. He's really good at logos. <laughs> it's catchy. <laughs> it's 
it's very catchy. catchy. Once you see it, it's like you just want to keep looking at it. Well, thank you. Well, th- I mean, thank you, Cameron, because that's all you. <laughs> that's not me. I'm not a logo art computer person. That's all him. <laughs> I just smile with the fangs and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about home goods. I, it's we, one of my favorite things to ever talk about ever. I text Trevor and I was like, hey, what should I prepare for? And he like wrote a list and at the end it was home goods in all caps. And I'm like, yes, we're going to have so much fun. So do you have any favorite locations? All of them. <laughs> so I will find something or and if I don't, this is the worst thing. If you see something at home goods, just buy it. Like, don't question it. If you change your mind, you can return it later. But if you don't buy it and then you go back and then you're searching the 35 home goods all around you and you never find it, you're going to hate yourself. I've probably gone to a ton of them in the L.A. area all throughout Southern California. But I find the ones that are like not in L.A. If you're out in a little smaller city they're more gems because most people aren't into what we're into there yeah. and it's like the reject corner and that's my favorite corner the things that nobody else wants I'm like I want all of that I know I've learned that lesson so many times where I'm like should I get it I'm like nah I don't know and then I leave and then I'm like yeah I, I really want that and I go back literally Never. an hour yeah, later sometimes an hour later and, and it's like, gone it's gone <laughs> yep but, and if you're also it's like one of those things too if you're looking at something there'll be someone else there and then you put it back that other person's gonna buy it because they're like yeah. oh the, someone had interest in that there was one thing and it was this it wasn't a hocus pocus but it was like a witch you probably saw it the wooden sign and it was like there the was, witch's inn or yeah, something yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I remember that <laughs> and it was like a hundred bucks and I didn't buy it because I was like I don't really know where I'm gonna it's really big I don't know yeah. where I'm gonna put that thing but it's really cool and it needed a little work like most home goods stuff that I get I have to repaint or distress yeah, or make it look damage cooler. or something sometimes yeah um but i kick myself because i really wanted it and then there was a coffin shaped cutting like a cheese board and I'm like, oh, that's cool. oh really I, I got a ouija a ouija board cheese board another but i didn't one. get the coffin shaped one another ouija board put your cheese on it and i can't even eat cheese but it's still cool so I bought it. <laughs> but home goods awesome. is there do you have a favorite one because i feel like so okay I feel like you're about to give away your home goods secrets. You know this. We should make like a home goods map, but, right? only, but only share it with each other. Exactly. Yes. Everyone else. I don't know. You like, have to prove your worthiness. <laughs> Thousand Oaks has like amazing stuff like Westlake and Thousand Oaks. Yeah, that's true. And then strangely, Valencia has a really big one. So they get more. And so I asked the people, I'm like, so when does the Halloween stuff come in? And now it's coming in as early as like August, yep. like yeah, early August. But they say they get trucks every couple days, sometimes every day. And they're like, well, we don't know what's on it. We just have to we open it up and we see what we get. So there was a point where I was at home goods like every day Do waiting the for the truck. I don't have the app. Oh, you need to get the app. Does the app tell you what's on the truck? So it, you can <laughs> search uh, locations uh-huh. and people will post what they've seen. So if you type in like holiday, yeah, you can see like what people have like, seen recently. Coffin cheese board coming in hot. <laughs> right. So I, I usually go through that and see like, oh, that looks cool. And then usually it's there. You have started something. Cameron's going to be like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we right? have a life. We can't just be going driving to different home goods. Well, you, like, you guys can be home up. good. Home yeah, we're going to go to home. Cameron's yes. gonna, I'm going to come over and I'll pick you up and yes. we'll just We'll go home goods shopping. Like, seriously, it'll be like bar hopping, but we'll go home goods to home goods. I'm a hundred. This is not a joke. No, I don't not joke. at all. Rent a U-Haul. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you guys ever see that one mole that makes the, the ghost eggs, I want that. 
What is that? You crack the fried egg, the fried in the pan, it's yeah, the shape yeah. of a ghost. They have oh, that at Home Goods? They have like the skull, skull one. The skull yeah. one. <laughs> so you want the ghost one. We'll yes. keep our, I'll add yeah. that to the list. Wow. We should be like, what's that, American Pickers? We should have our own <laughs> show, American Pickers, but it's like Home Goods. Like Halloween sponsored shopping. by Home Goods, yeah. right? And we can go to Ross and Marshall. We can go oh to all the... Oh my gosh. I'm going to pitch. We should pitch that. Yes. <laughs> exactly what I'm saying. Should, we should flush this out. Are we <laughs> like Halloween Pickers? Yeah. I feel like that's a good name. Yeah. You're like where this is going. What's the coolest thing you've got at Home Goods? That's a tough one. But we sponsor this show. I know. Hashtag sponsored. Home Goods, are you listening? If you are, we're pitching a show. You're going to be the main store that we shop at. Um, so we collect skulls. So I've, we found some really cool like crystal skulls at Home Goods. I like candles a lot. I haven't really found anything that's like a super big thing there. I did find some really cool candelabras. They weren't. Halloween. They were just like silver candelabras that I found there. Um, but it's all little like little skulls and candles or like jars, frames, cool frames. But a lot of the times when we find stuff, it's not necessarily even like Halloween stuff. The Ouija board cutting board was definitely top of my list, but I'm still kicking myself over that sign, that witch sign. They Maybe it'll come it back. back. They might yeah. bring it back. I <laughs> asked the guy and he's like, probably not. Usually when we get it, we don't get very. And he's like, you go to the other locations. And I was like, dude, I you th- don't think I tried that oh, already? That takes forever. <laughs> Who do you think I am? You go going to do public appearances now with the fiends you've got the book out with them you're making outfits yourself you're making puppets yourself you're building a podcast studio you're doing all these things and so it's a lot of personal investment and i'm just wondering how do you get the energy (laughs) to do all this stuff no one's doing it for you in my life that was one of the hardest things to quit my regular job Like Cameron had a lot to do with that because I'm the safe person in the relationship. I always wanted to be able to count on something. So that was definitely a huge step to realize, hey, if we want to do this, no one is going to work harder for us than we are. So it was a huge sacrifice to be like, I quit and invest all of our time and energy into our brand and our businesses. And let me tell you, man, it's hard. I'm tired. But if I don't do it, who's going to do it for me? And I think my energy comes from working hard and seeing the successes and seeing even if something just grows a tiny bit, that tiny bit is because we put our blood, sweat and tears into it. So that's the motivation to keep working harder because the harder we work, the more we can accomplish. And chances are, if we think something's pretty cool, there's a couple other people out there in the world that think it's pretty cool. And if we work hard enough, we can build an empire. So we are our own worst critics. We are our best motivators. We motivate each other. And I think the great thing is we have each other. It's not like one person just wanting to do something and everything's in their hands we have there's two of us that's not a big group of people like two people to do everything is still not a lot well, especially to pull off what you're managing to pull off and all these convention appearances i mean you look right. at your schedule it's non-stop yeah we uh, panels yeah we just yeah. we hustle i don't know how to like i think the the easiest way to do it is it's a hustle but it's so much more rewarding when something pays off and you know that you did everything you could to get there and it's motivating to see other people like something that you do. I think the most rewarding thing for us is we've been doing a lot of appearances. We travel a lot. And with the children's book, when you see kids come up to the booth, we have this backdrop and it's a coffin. On the side of the coffin, all the characters are popping out. So it's like a photo op. You can come in front of the coffin and take your picture. And there'll be little kids and they come up in front of the coffin and they do the little like dead pose with their arms across (laughs) their shoulders and they close their eyes and they pretend they're dead and they're smiling. And it like my heart melts or when they come up and they're like flipping through the kids book and they're laughing and they're reading it to their like brothers or sisters it's like that's what it's about man that's what it's about is seeing 
leaving an impact on someone. And I think for me in my life, I just want to leave an impact. I want people to look back and say that was really cool or what they did inspired me to do something else. And that's enough for me. That little tidbit of seeing a kid happy or laugh or smile. I'm like super fulfilled by that. I want to plug your incredible podcast. Let's yeah. get spooky. Yeah. That's it's wonderful, spooky. by the way. Thanks. You guys that are hilarious. So fun. Yeah, it's really, really you. fun. So I want you to tell everyone what they're missing if they haven't discovered it yet. Let's Get Spooky is a podcast and it's a horror show and podcast. So we film the podcast, which I'm encouraging you guys to do because your freaking set is amazing. I'm like, I your set watch. looks incredible. Thank yes, you. It does. Um, but it's really about like celebrating horror and everything under the spooky umbrella and having a good time with it. Scary movies and horror is like our love, but we want it to be fun. And I think that's the main thing is we just want to have a good time and celebrate the things that we love. And we know other people like it. And when I was younger, there was really nothing that was like that. There was nothing I can listen to where it was just people that were into what I was into and were having a good time doing it. I think there was a lot of stuff that was super serious. There was movie reviews. And although that is great, I just want to entertain people. I want to have a good time doing it. And actually, I brought a gift for you guys. No, no. What's in the box? You're going to find What's out. What's in the box? You're going to find like, out no, when I open it. No. What do you think's in the box? Oh, God. I, Leo has this idea. I listen to They're going to make him eat bugs. Yes. <laughs> Why would you think that? I don't know. Leo's been terrified of eating bugs. <laughs> well, he says, Vamp's going to come and make him eat bugs. Did you really? Yes. You That's know what me he said. so well because I did bring you bugs. <laughs> I brought everybody bugs because we do a segment on the show. And it's called, <laughs> yes, it's, it's called creepy treats. But to be uh, fair, I got I got like the good flavored ones. Ooh, so I'm down. I'm it's down. It's gonna be real fun to watch Leo eat the bugs. There's yes, Leo. <laughs> so um, I'll eat the bugs. See, everyone's gonna eat the bugs. So it's um these are from Amazon. <laughs> We should add them to our list wow. yes, for our definitely. show. Yes. Um, and this is actually, so we have dark chocolate crickets with oh. uh, something seeds. I don't know what that is. I've never tried this one. Uh-oh. We have coconut brittle buggy toes. This is my favorite. It's delicious. <laughs> uh, this one I've never tried. Granola bites powdered with cricket flour. So that's pretty safe. You can start with this one. Cricket flour is like not, it's not very start. buggy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have chili lime crickets with pumpkin seeds. What? Leah, what, are you, what are you feeling? Come on, I'm gonna Leo. open Leo. everything. Wait, how, how did I? <laughs> you brought this you, upon yourself. You invite. You guys invited me here, so it would be rude if you exactly. Not that try is and, true, Leo. I brought a gift. Come on, we got We got to eat the gift. This is okay. the gift. Okay, how many and chocolate you got here? How many? I have cho- dark chocolate. Yeah, I want to try that. That sounds good. Chocolate aside, I can't do chocolate. Oh, can't do chocolate. Oh, um, geez, Leo, come on. <laughs> I'll die. We don't want you to really? die. Literally? Yeah, literally. Yeah. You have a deathly chocolate yeah. allergy? Yeah, Are you allergic? Wow. Oh, okay. Not, no, not, not in the way you think. It induces migraines. Oh. oh Cameron okay. has that too. Okay, right. do we have scissors? Because, or can you open yeah, that for me? Scissors? I don't have any scissors. I should have come prepared and had these open. Okay, do you guys want to try the... Here, let's see if I can... Chili lime crickets. Chili lime crickets. Those ones are actually really tasty. Ooh. And you have to eat them right by the microphone so they get yeah, crunchy yeah. and loud. Wow, yeah, they're legit crickets. So what's in there? Pumpkin seeds? Pumpkin with that seeds. Too? This one is granola bites powdered with cricket flour. You want to try that yeah, one? Yeah, let's try that. Very crunchy. Spicy. Are those ones spicy? No, it's good though. It's like li- it's um like citrusy. It's cool. not necessarily Yeah, a little um a little musky at the end. Of course, I, of course I it's, it's usually a really at the end. Of course, I bought the biggest break of the bag. And I'm like, what Grr. the hell? <laughs> what do you got there, Leo? It's granola bites powdered with cricket flour. 
Trevor, Whoa. can you try to open that one? I think yeah, I, yeah. I screwed up. Buggitos. Coconut brittle and That's buggitos. That's my favorite. So everything is like has wow. a very um, flavorful taste at the beginning. It's followed by a kind of like a dirt. Yeah, like yeah. a musky thing. Like a little thing. dirt That's aftertaste. Yeah. When These was are... the first time you ate bugs? <laughs> um, right. Actually, a while back ago in Mexico. So when you go to Mexico, they have like the little carts. And there's crickets and they're all seasoned. Really? Um, it's there's a like thing. ants and bugs. Yeah. So how, wow. much, did you have, how much did you have to drink? Um, not any. I'm very adventurous. I'll try any. Well, I'll try almost anything once. What won't you try? Christ, look so at this thing. my co-host on the show Jeez. does not like bugs. She is like Ashley. She, right? Ashley, Ashley, Ashley hates caterpillars. She hates bugs. She hates everything. So I didn't really tell her this was a thing that we were doing. And I was like, hey, now it's time for creepy treats. And I have a little thing and I take the lid off and she's like, come again. What are we doing? Um, so every time I bring out the little tray and I take off the little yeah. topper, she's like, I hate you. Wow. But she's been she's gotten a lot better. She's eaten stuff. But I got one thing and we haven't done it yet. And I'm even a little like. You're going to town over there. Yeah, this is the uh, Don Baguito's Coconut Brittle Baguitos. I don't even know what kind of bug it is. I think, I don't actually know either. It might be I'm various bugs. chopping into a cockroach or something. Right. I don't know. No cockroaches. Wow. Bug trail mix. Okay. But it's like, it's tough. Like I opened it and I'm like, I don't even know if I want to do this what? one. What? Wow. It's like scorpions and oh, um, what nope. do you call the big uh, grub worms? Oh my God. Like, oh, those things are nasty looking. But they're, it's like trail mix. So it's dried out. So I feel like it'll be better. So, you but they're look. not covered in anything, right? So that you actually see the, not, the bug. No, they're not. See, that's what's not yeah. really. Yeah. What? Yeah. But I won't eat anything al- alive. I feel like I just feel bad if it's alive. Yeah. Then yeah. I just feel. We were gonna bring. Uh, what were we gonna bring? We were gonna make Boris Karloff has a guacamole recipe. Really? Yeah, and it was published all over, I don't know, like LA Times, like back in the day, right? It was all over yeah, the place. Yeah, it was huge. Yeah, so you actually get like the, the printout of the actual newspaper article. It still exists. You can still find it online, and it's got his guacamole recipe. But then I listened to that episode of the um, oh, yeah. oh, Let's yeah. Get Spooky. You guys oh, had the, uh, you did a song about uh, oh, Listeria. Oh, yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was four days of, of things coming out of places right. I don't want to talk about. And that yeah, wasn't, not, wait, are you sure it was not the bugs? No, it was not the bugs. So we were filming and we love Mexican food and we love guacamole. So we Who went to the, right before filming. We're like, let's go to the grocery store. We're hungry. We'll make some snacks before the show. So we get avocados and make some guacamole. And I must say that Cameron has taught me the best way to make guacamole. You put like the garlic salt in it and you add a little green salsa. So it's spicy, but good. It's flavorful. Mm-hmm. And Ashley loves my guacamole. So she's like, yeah, I would love that. So we eat and we kind of like we're sitting on the couch, kind of prepping, going through notes, getting ready. I was like, huh, I got a little like like a side ache, like a stomach cramp. And I didn't think anything of it. I was like, oh, maybe I'm just like sitting weird or whatever. So we start filming and about 30 minutes in, I'm like, this feels like like there's a pain. I don't I don't know what this oh, is. No. We finish and I, I kind of get up and stretch it out. And I'm like, I don't I don't like it wasn't I didn't feel food poisoning. I just felt pain and then ash is like yeah i don't really feel that good either and i'm like okay well we are going to take her home so we packed up our stuff we drive her home and then we had to stop in anaheim on the way so we're driving and all of a sudden i'm like i don't think this is like just a sidekick like i was not feeling very good i started getting sweaty cameron looks at me and he's like are you is everything okay are you okay Uh-oh. <laughs> and uh, i was he's like gonna, no how? he's going she's gonna shit in the car <laughs> yeah, <she's> <laughs> <laughs> he's like i don't i don't want to clean this up but i didn't at the time i was like maybe i don't i don't know i was not maybe i was like maybe i have a flu 
Right. Not trying to think that it's food poisoning. So we're starting getting, we're getting close to the destination. I'm like, I don't think I can make it. How far are we? And I'm like curled up in a ball. I'm rocking back and forth, like mentally telling myself I'm going to be okay. So I'm like, I'm not going to be okay. You need to pull over. So we pull over to a hotel. I run in and just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The worst you can imagine. Expelled yes. everything. <laughs> everything. It was awful. And then as we continued to drive home, he had to keep pulling over because oh. it, and I have never thrown up i don't understand food poisoning and at a certain point your body like i had a pep talk with myself and i'm like how much more can come out like i don't like, i'm like crying i'm like i don't understand it was oh my God. the worst pain i didn't i, I was sleeping on the bathroom floor because i was like i can't yeah. even get back up and it was four days four days i was telling his mom about it and she's like oh yeah you know like the recall on the avocados and i was like what Oh, recall no. on what oh, avocados no. so there was a, a possible listeria recall on henry's avocados and apparently that's what i ate because yeah so can you not See? go there anymore yeah like, can you not oh, do guac no, i love guac it okay. was like four days okay. after that, did, that yeah, i was like i'm ready guac. let's do it again i was like if it happens again that's a sign but it hasn't so <laughs> i love guacamole way i love avocados way too much so i've <laughs> since awesome. recovered i i was hoping like I've been sick from other things and I can't touch it, but guacamole, I love it too much. So me and the avocados love each other again. That's there was awesome. a moment we were not friends. Well, we're we should have made the Boris Karloff guac then. We were going to, but then, we, yeah, I heard yeah, that and I was like, like she's not going to want guac. And I come no, in and I'm like, not gonna do, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Next time. Yeah, I'll bring the bugs. You bring the guac. There you go. There you go. So, you know, you're the first and only apiarist that I've ever met. Really? So tell me about that. How did you get into beekeeping? So beekeeping happened. Some bees took over a birdhouse in our backyard. It was a tiny little birdhouse. So uh, they started building outside of the birdhouse and they were connecting. So say the birdhouse is in between like a V of the trees. They ran out of room and started connecting the birdhouse to the tree. Cameron and I decided that we wanted to give them a better home. So we got these things called the Flow Hive. There's an Australian guy that developed it. And it's essentially beekeeping without disturbing the bees. So there's a little key that you put in the top. So if you know anything about beekeeping, if you don't, I'll give you like the brief lowdown. So the bottom box is where all of the things happen. The queen is down there. The babies are down there. The pollen is down there. Everything's at the bottom. The super is the top box. So usually you'll see one or two boxes or like four. They'll stack them up really high. The top boxes are where they make the honey. In this um, flow hive, there's a key that you crank. And what you do is when you turn the key, it basically like cracks the honeycomb shape and the honey will drip out. It doesn't disturb the bees. You don't have to take the frames out. You don't have to shake off the bees. You can just do it while they're in there. And it, there is a little bit of work to it. It's not as easy as just turning a key. There's stuff you have to know. You have to wait till the honey is ready. So we decided to give these bees a home and uh, we fell in love with it. It is the most fascinating, rewarding thing to watch bees do their business. It is so incredibly like entrancing. So every time we beekeep, I will find myself like totally zoning out, just watching them do their thing. It is so cool. And for us, everyone asks like, so you do it for the honey, right? And we're like, no, we just do it to give the bees a safe place to live. The honey is just an added bonus. It is delicious, by the way. It I will is. bring. I didn't have any. I didn't go home to our bee area to get stuff, but oh, I'll bring sure. you guys honey next time. She brings uh, bugs without the honey. I know. So rude of me. <laughs> no, but you know, but you know what though? I mean, one, if you guys have never tried this, you guys got to get a big chunk of the honeycomb with the honey in it. And oh yeah. What you do is you cut a piece off and just chew on it. Yeah. Because you're like chewing candy. like the wax. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's like candy. It's yeah, like a, and there's there's so many things in the actual honey. So um, there's like the pollen. So if you have allergies, when people. 
people don't <laughs> okay. know this. If you have allergies, no, actually, if you eat the pollen, it'll help you with your allergies because oh. you're eating the pollen from the local plants that are around you. So you eat it, you can put it like on granola. It's really sweet, but it tastes kind of flowery. Oh, uh, wow. So we actually collect the leftover pollen and we have a jar of it and we'll just kind of like take a little few. It's like little granules and then you just eat it and it'll help if you have it's allergies. Like an antidote. Yeah. That is really cool. And bees are, I mean, if we don't have bees, there's only a certain amount of months before we would all die because there would be no food. So the bees are super important. And for us, it's just a really rewarding, it's super therapeutic. It's a lot of work. So one thing that people are like, I want to be a beekeeper. Let me just go get a box and put some bees in it. It can be that easy to do that. But actually to maintain beehives is a lot of work. You have to check them. There's certain things you have to check for for disease and make sure that they're healthy and they have everything that they need. In the wild, they do their own thing. But when you put them in a box, there's things that could happen. So we have to check them every two weeks just to make sure that nothing funky is going on in there. Have you ever gotten stung? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I actually hadn't. This is a thing that I was worried about when we first started keeping them. So your allergies can change about every seven to 10 years. Yep. So if you were allergic to something when you're little, you could not be allergic to it now. Or if you weren't allergic to something, you can be allergic to it now. So the last time I was stung, I was like 10 years old and I'm much older now. So definitely 10 years has passed <laughs> and I hadn't been stung for a really long time. So Cameron's been stung in the face and the foot and oh, the no. arm and the neck. Like he's been stung a ton and he's like no big deal. Let me tell you, it does not feel good. So I got stung in the nose. Oh, I got stung oh, in the throat. <gasps> and then I, so my first bee sting. So you have the suit. I wear the suit when I bee keep, but it has like kind of like on our microphones, that mesh in the front. Yes. We were doing our thing and I, my hands are full and the mesh of the mask hit me in the nose and the bees were a little irritated that day and it, they can sense the heat. So the second the mesh hit me in the nose, there's a little bee butt and it stung me right in the tip of the nose. So I look like Rudolph. My oh. nose was huge. And so while I'm freaking out trying to get the stinger out of my nose, I'm running around the pool because there's like bees around me and I'm trying to take the suit off. I just panicked because it hurt really bad. I run inside and I get like a, you're supposed to like scrape it off. You're not supposed yeah. to push on it because it pushes it more like of the card. stuff. Yeah. So I get it out. In the meantime, okay, I'm like, where he's in the middle of checking the hive. So I have to go back. We have to finish. So I put my suit back on and we had two hives at the time. So we finished checking that one. We go to the other side of the house. We had just started and I panicked and I was like, babe, is there something? Is there something on my neck? Oh, no. Is there like something? Maybe it's a hair. And he's like, nope, that's a bee. And so in the meantime, one was in my hair and my sweatshirt and I zipped my suit back up and it was in there. And so I'm trying to really slowly take off the suit to not irritate it. And right when I almost have it off, it stung me right in the throat. Um, So it was an unfortunate day of beekeeping. But and then the other time I got stung in the foot and my foot was like a giant club foot for a week. So that was fun. But it's just one of the things that happens when you keep bees. If you're not allergic, it's not a big deal. I'm allergic to pretty much everything. I'm not actually allergic to bees, but any sort of sting, I swell up and my body's like, what the hell? So it's never fun, but, you know, it's worth it. My kids are so scared of bees because of all the times they've gotten stung. And I try to, like, explain they're so important. Yeah. They just think, like, they're just little assholes. And I really (laughs) they they can be. But a lot of the times when they sting, it's just because, like, there's plenty of times we go out there and we're beekeeping and they could give a shit less. As long as you're not bothering them. But if they're irritated or it's hot out or you swat them away, they're going to, they're protecting their hive and their queen. So that's what they'll do. But one really cool thing is I know that there's a lot of places that do like beekeeping classes. And that would be really cool for them to see, to learn about them and yeah. see it in the protection of a suit changes everything. We've met so many people that are afraid and we put them in a suit and we show them and they're like, wow, this is really cool because you're not 
worried about getting stung. Yeah. And it's so rewarding. And it's just, it's such a cool thing. So we went from one hive. We have three now. And I love them. I want some of that honey. I'll bring, I'll bring you some honey. I'll bring I, you guys I, some honey. I swear, if I, if I could do that myself, I would, because those make the coolest gifts. It's so cool. People love it. And what's really cool is we have three different hives. It's all in the same yard, but each hive tastes different. Because they're getting the pollen from different oh, plants. Oh, that's interesting. So it's, it's crazy because you're like, oh, they're just bees in this area. It should taste the same. It tastes completely different. Do you ever bring any to conventions? You know what? I haven't. We have been getting a really good harvest this year. So we have lots of honey. So maybe midsummer. I'll bring some. Sounds like Leo's going to be chomping on it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's really delicious. I want to, um, we call it vamp farms. So we have, um, we'll great. have like, yes. maybe we'll bring like little tiny ones. so Everyone can like try yeah, it and that's stuff. Awesome. It's delicious. And once you, once you have raw, like unfiltered oh, it's honey amazing. straight from the bees, it is like you can't go back. You don't want the store-bought it's stuff. It's like crack, it sounds like. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, to jump back to horror, scariest movies you've ever seen. Yes. Well, the first one, The Exorcist, because I still yeah. feel like that terrifies me. Any sort of possession movie. I can watch like a thriller or a slasher film and... I'm totally fine. I still, anytime I watch anything possession related, I like need Cameron to hold my hand after. I am so afraid. I don't want to walk down the hallway. I don't want to pee by myself. I'm like, all the lights are on. Veronica scared the crap out of me. That movie was like super duper scary. And I think because of the whole like Catholic background and growing up that way and having family that's super into, not super into it, but super fearful of it. I was like, oh shit. That's real. I mean, there, I mean, there's no happy ending. In no, it's, no. It's, it's dark. Yeah, it's super dark and it's bad and it ends bad and everything about it's bad. So anything possession is like, even like um, the exorcism of Emily Rose, yeah. like yeah. there's like where she's like bouncing on her knees and like speaking in tongues. I'm like, uh, why? Yeah, yeah that, that's another creepy case. The Annalise Michelle. Yeah. Or, you know, you look into that and you hear these, you can, you can listen to the tapes. Yeah. It's in German, but it's really creepy. I mean... I mean, you know, there's a big debate as to, you know, was she mentally ill, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not, yes or no, but I don't like, I don't care. It's creepy. Wh- whatever well, it was. When they say, when they talk about mental illness, I totally get that because there's a lot of things that can be explained by like schizophrenia. Right. I totally understand <laughs> that. But when someone speaks in tongues in a language that is no longer taught and there's no way they would know that, how do you explain that? That right. is not yeah. schizophrenia. That is something else. And right. that's, I have chills even talking yeah. about it because that is something that it's unreal. It's like otherworldly. Yeah. Where does that come from? When there's like little kids that are speaking in German and the parents are like, how could she learn mm-hmm. German? Like, yeah. it's just impossible. That's when it really scares me. Have you ever seen The Taking of Deborah Logan? Mm-mm. Oh, that's a good one. That's a Robotel, right? Yeah, Adam yeah. Robotel made that one. It's it's He's awesome. That's one of those ones that we had to stop watching. We needed a break. We yeah. needed to stop, turn it off, wait a couple days just to get back in, you know, get amped up. Yeah. Have you ever had to do that? Turn off a movie? Is there one that you have to stop that you had to stop watching? Human no. centipede. Human centipede. Oh God. For a different reason. <laughs> yeah. You're like into throwing up into the trash can. Maybe. Right. I don't think there's anything that has been too scary, but Cameron likes to do a thing where we're watching something <laughs> and it'll be really quiet. And then all he has to say is like, boo. And I almost pee myself. <laughs> so there's moments like that where I have to pause and smack him because I just want to watch the movie. But there's never been anything I don't think that's been too scary. Like I will see it through and maybe like not sleep or sleep with the light on because I'm afraid. But yeah, I've, I've never had to stop. Disturbing stuff. 
venture to that angle things like the human centipede where it's just gross but right, like right. you can't look away it's like one of those things where you're like uh, how do they how do they make this you know they had to make this movie and you're like so disturbed but it's still you're intrigued i'm pretty much like an equal opportunity horror <laughs> film <laughs> enthusiast like i will watch anything even if it's terrible some of like b horror movie like terrible movies are my favorite be- he'll be like i'm tapping out like this is all you <laughs> right. and i'll just sit there because i just want to see how bad it gets like there's something to <laughs> Uh, yeah. Watching something that's awful. Have you seen um, a, a Serbian film? No. Oh, I'm going to warn you that I saw that and I regret watching it. Really? Yeah. Why? Because now I'm going to watch it. No, it, it just it, it goes into disturbing territories. You're like, I did not think it was going to do and show that, and it did. And I'm like, fuck. But oh. then, then if you go back and watch the making of, uh huh, then you're okay. So should I watch the making first? <laughs> No. no, watch the movie. Be shocked. And, and why? Because it is. Does it look so real? They, you're like that. Oh, that can't be a possible making of. They're actually doing it. it's a snuff movie or something. Is right. that the right? But then right. they go back and they show you. Look, it's all fake. And here's you know here's the actor, okay. here's the prop and this. And this. But yeah. I'm like, wow. Well, it's <laughs> like, kind you know. of like um like haunted attractions. Like there's there's something to be said about going to a haunt to be to have like jump scares and something yeah. jump right. out at you. And there's another thing to go to things that are like blackout where you have to sign the waiver and you basically yeah. have to do what they say. And um, what's the documentary where the guy does the home haunt haunters, haunters, haunters. yeah and the, so I'm totally down to be like I want to be scared I want something to jump yeah. out at me I want to almost pee myself but I don't want my hair duct to my face duct taped like when yeah. I saw him duct taping yeah. the girl's yeah. hair I was like how do you get that shit out of your hair I don't want to do that that does not sound fun and it's you, there's like a, when there's a safe word involved I'm like I'm good he like, went right. down this whole Russ McCamey Yeah, McCamey Manor they feature in that documentary yeah, Haunters. Yeah. yeah, our buddy John Schnitzer made the, that yeah. documentary. It, it, yeah, even talking to John, he's like, a lot of the stuff while filming, I had to stop yeah, at times because yeah. I yeah, couldn't gnarly. deal with standing there and watching yeah, it. it's super gnarly. And like when you're watching it, it's like, oh, well, it can be like an eye-opening experience. It's trauma. And you basically see how far that you, your body will let you go. But to me, I'm like... There's like a little bit of weird, like, I don't know. That's too much for me. I want to go and like have fun and be afraid. I don't want to like have to say a safe word because I feel like my life's in danger. <laughs> yeah. There's like, yeah. That's not a haunt. Like, no. To me, that's just torture. Yeah. I don't want to be tortured. That's what it is. I don't yeah. want to be tortured. So what are some of your favorite haunts? I go to everything. Not Scary Farm Universal. But what I have found is that everything in Orlando is way better. Really? What? Oh, yeah. At Universal? Universal in Orlando yeah. is. Well, first of all, you ha- it's bigger. So there's more the properties that it's on. So like even like the trick or treat maze or the poltergeist maze. Poltergeist has been one of my favorite mazes ever. It's one of my favorite movies. So I went to the one here in Hollywood. It was amazing. When we were in Orlando, the maze starts in the pool. So you're going through like dirt walls, waters dripping. You're walking through the pool into the house. It is like mind blowing. That is really cool. Everything was just like. 10 steps up there because they have so much more space to do it. And they also do their own mazes that aren't franchised. So they have like, they had like a vampire one, a scarecrow one. Oh yeah. Um, so they have oh. ones that they can just use their imagination and do whatever the hell they want. And it's so awesome. Those are usually my favorite ones. That's yeah. what I like knots about. Not yep. so much is it's none of those IPs. It's yep. all stuff that they have to create. And it's and just knots like, is up their game. Let me tell you the past so two good. years, they are like, yeah. My favorite Southern California yeah. attraction. So freaking amazing. Yeah. And they got that damn good fried chicken on the, the way in. The, the restaurant the there. Boysenberry, the pie. Oh, pie. God. Boysenberry. They invented the freaking yeah. Frankenberry, right? Yeah. The boysenberry. It's in a pie. It's in a punch. Oh, it's like in ev- it's in a jam. God, it's so good. Leo, you had the boysenberry? Yep. 
Oh, the fried chicken. <laughs> yep. You had the fried chicken yeah. at that place? The fried chicken. Yep. The pot pie. I was really disappointed because we would go to, there's a restaurant in there that had the chicken pot pie. Yeah. And it's like heaven in a shape of a pie. Yeah. Um, and they discontinued it. We went no. last Halloween. Like we took our, our families. There was like 12 of us. And oh. we're like ready at the, yeah. <laughs> at the restaurant. Oh. And we're like going to order the pot pie. And she's like, we don't have that. We were ready to flip the table. <laughs> <laughs> we came here for the pot pie. She's like, it's only during summer, so oh, very upsetting. Man. So if you're going for the pot pie, you're going to be disappointed during the fall. But the fried chicken is a close second. I feel like it's a fall dish. It is. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. I'm going to take it up with the manager. <laughs> Do you remember one particular Knott's maze that's been your favorite? Because they usually switch out a couple every year. And one that really disturbed me. So they had one, and I forget what it was called. It was the pumpkin maze. Oh, oh pumpkin eater. Like, the pumpkin eater. Yes. I loved that so much. The smells, oh, like yeah. things, yeah. is so cool. The one that I remember, and I don't know if they they had it last year, the Tooth Fairy one. Do you guys remember? Yes, yes I do yeah, remember the right. Tooth Fairy. Yeah, and it's just the sounds. Like if you're afraid, I'm not afraid of yeah. the dentist, but I am afraid of. Do you guys know what the Tooth Child? Seen the Tooth Child? No. It was no. a series. Can't freaking remember the the channel it was on. Channel Zero. Oh, okay. They did that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. a horror series, right, right, and right. one of the episodes has this thing, and it's called the Tooth Child, and it's basically like a small child made out of teeth. What? Oh. Yeah. If you oh. look at it, it is very disturbing. And I have uh, trypophobia. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's like no. a patterns, a, a regular patterns. If I see that tooth monster, I want to jump out of my oh skin. My it oh. is. Oh, it's so disgusting to me. And so we went through this tooth fairy maze and there's teeth everywhere. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> it was awful it was really cool because it's there's like little kids and yeah. the old, dent, old dentist chair and it's like they're all messed up looking <laughs> it's it's pretty good but every single maze in there is it's unique there's nothing they're not following any roadmap they're they're doing it their own way and knots really has killed it the past two years to do, do any home haunts um, local like we have here backwoods and rotten apple. rotten apple we haven't done any home haunts here we've done um we did one cool place and it's not a home haunt but it was in new zealand it's called spookers Ooh, and oh, it's cool. like um out in the middle of nowhere like you're driving through the rolling hills and then there's just like amazing location we were in new zealand last october and we're like it's halloween right new zealand celebrates halloween because in other countries it's not as like important as it is to yeah. us here and so the first thing we looked up was haunted attractions in new zealand and spookers comes up and it happened to be like 45 minutes from where we were so we got a car we drove out there and it's just this beautiful property they have like an actual haunted house they have like a clown maze thing they have these like shipping containers that they've transformed into these like where it's like a laser that goes halfway through the shipping container so you can't see from, oh like, yeah i know that trick yeah it's great and people are just chasing you through it and it takes a lot to scare me. So I'm just having a good time. You know, like I scream, I laugh. But when you see other people that are crying and terrified, like I love seeing people get scared. <laughs> so there was a ton of that. They have this whole woods area that you walk through and it's huge. So if you guys ever go to New Zealand, it's called Spookers. It's amazing. But we haven't done any like actual home haunts. We've done a lot of like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm surprised you do any haunts because around the Halloween season, that's we make the vamp we arises. Make, and we speaking, make speaking of, how do you guys celebrate Halloween? On actual Halloween, we stay home and we hand out candy. 
Oh, it's a good way. Oh, yeah. Good way. So to do we it. do all of our stuff around Halloween, but there's still that one thing that one day of being home and seeing all the kids dressed up, right? And um, just being at home in our neighborhood, making kids smile. And sometimes Cameron will dress up as a Grim Reaper and sit by the side of the door, and they think he's a mannequin, and he'll scare kids, and that's fun. Too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just a tradition. We like to be home on Halloween. We do everything, all the crazy stuff around Halloween. Right. Yeah. I want quickly top three fun favorite horror movies of all time i would say halloween nightmare on elm street poltergeist and like newer horror i'm a huge fan of like uh the conjuring series yeah it i saw the trailer for number two and i'm like so excited that they're doing that right and it is amazing looking yeah what else i mean i could go on for days there's so many things that i love but what i'm really excited about is that horror is becoming more prevalent I would say that we had it throughout the years. Most of my favorite movies came out before I was even born, but we're getting a lot of horror that's done well recently, which is really exciting rather than like the cheesy campy, which there's something to be said about that. I love that too. But bringing something like it that is scary, but the people that wouldn't typically be into horror are going to see that and appreciate it. It's beautifully filmed is really cool. It's expanding our community, which I think is really awesome. Yeah. What do you think is behind that resurgence in horror? Because it is huge now. You know what? I totally agree with you because it's really weird. The thing that people kind of picked on probably all of us about when we were super into it when we were young is now the cool thing. And I think it's just a it's a trend, just like everything goes through cycles and we're reaching that new horror cycle again. But I think people really like to be afraid. And now we have more of it. And I think a lot of the thing is like when I was talking about the podcast, doing it is bringing in something that I didn't have when people find something and are like-minded and now with social media and the internet and the fact that when something comes out we can share it instantly and we can connect with other people that like it instantly when i was a kid there was no internet i couldn't meet friends and people that were into stuff that i was into unless i physically saw them or was hanging out with them or our paths crossed so now with the internet and being able to share things instantly all over the world that has changed the game 100 percent. i think that disneyland is more busy because of social media Oh, God. Yeah. 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 I think it has a large part in it because people are more aware of like you didn't know what kind of food was there. Like I'm game for it. Like I'll see a churro that's like limited edition. I'm like, oh, crap. I got to go. I got to go try that. That 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 person is eating. Yep. I I need that. Or look at that ride. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's weird with the social media now because it's it's about that photo op. Yeah. You know, so many things are about that photo op and going to take a picture in front of said building or whatever or trying taking a picture with that exclusive churro that's only going to be there for three weeks. So I think it's a great tool, but it also is a very skewing thing because people look at the world very differently. They look at it through that social media bubble and think that that's how the world really is. Um, And it's not. Well, we don't live through photo ops, you know. Have you ever thought of growing the empire through producing feature films, writing, directing? going down that route yeah uh, Cameron and I have like a list we always talk about our ideas of like things that we want to make and movies we want to make it started with the puppet show and that's something that we can do ourselves but features we have so many ideas of things we want to make it's going to happen the time will come nice (laughs) be ready people I'm excited when passionate people get behind the lens to do movies that's those are the best and it's also about people that are into it how many times have you like a horror magazine or like a a haunt i mean there's been plenty of times where the people that are in charge aren't into it it's just a job and you see that and you feel that so when you find the suits the suits and ties yeah yeah. um so when you find people that are actually into it and really genuinely love it the end product is always a million times better where can people see you next 
all over the place. I think the best <laughs> thing to do is just uh, follow me on social. I'm just at yep. vamp on everything. And I post where I'm going to be, what I'm up to pretty regularly online. Awesome. As you do, you tell the world everything about yourself online. Your podcast, uh, podcast iTunes. Yeah. Let's get spooky. Um, we're on iTunes, Spotify, and you can watch the videos at letsgetspooky.com. Vamp, thank you so much. That was Thanks fucking guys. awesome. Yeah. 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 Why did the vampire have to go to the doctor? Hmm. I don't know. Why? Because he was always coughing. Ah! <laughs> That's a sick joke. <laughs> that was a Boo Crew Podcast episode 52. Special thanks to our guests, Leanna Vamp and Sarah Rose Orlandi. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying, see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tahada. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. Bye.